welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, I am very excited this weekend that I get to preach the vision message. And if you're new to our church, uh, we do this every year. A lot of churches don't do this. We're trying to coach them to do it. And uh, I guess it's part of my personality as well. I'm a list maker, a goal setter, a vision guy. And even when I make a list, the first thing on the list is make to-do list. And then I cross it off, get that euphoric joy. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a little recap of what has happened in the last year. And then I'm going to talk about our new vision verse and theme for this year, and then give you some goals and some things that we're going after. And uh, as we get started, I want to say this, and I'm, I'm kind of jumping way ahead, but uh, I want to say that uh, Vancouver, the location in Vancouver is watching right now and joining with us. So can we welcome Vancouver location? Bish and Haley, good to have you. And, and the whole church there. And so we'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, let me go through a review of what has happened. And uh, I'm going to start right away because we uh, uh, believe that people are supposed to get saved and church should be a place where they can be saved and come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, forgiving them of their sins. And we do um, uh, altar response where we give people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus like every week at church, really almost every week. And uh, last year, we saw in all of our campuses uh, and online, 4,488 people say yes to Jesus. Yes. And that's hands raised, people say in response. And uh, we are just excited that God would let us lead that many people into that relationship. And we're gonna give that opportunity over and over and over again to people to say yes to Jesus. We also saw 669 people water baptized, which was a record year. So I wanna say thank God for 669. And, and like I will say every year when I do this, um, I always think like we let all those people and then we saw the less people get water baptized. And then I remember the story of the 10 lepers that were healed and one went and thanked them and nine went on their way. And I'm telling you this, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, don't be like the nine that just went on their way. It is important for you to be water baptized. Publicly profess that. And so I thank God for those that said yes, and I'm praying that we'll increase that number. Um, we approved. Now, at the beginning of the year, we said we're going to try to approve 40 of our 500 missionaries. And if you don't know this, our church wants to send 500 missionaries out from our congregation. So 500 missionaries. We don't know of any church that has ever done that. And uh, we're praying that we could be the first to do that. And we said, God, uh, we want to send our best. We want to do that. And so we've been keeping track of this. And we said that our goal was to have 40 of them approved. And if you don't know the story, I, I said um, I wanted to meet uh, one of them because I've been praying for number 227. Let me pause for just a moment. We've asked everybody to pray for a different number in there. And then when that number becomes a person, you get to meet them, all right? So we've been praying. We said we want to do 40 of them. And last year, we did 41 missionaries were approved. <laughs> getting us to 229, 229, which is so exciting. And then I had been praying for 227, and here's a picture of me meeting Amira uh, Warren, and she's the one that I was praying for. She went from a number to a name. 
It's so exciting. It's, I, I heard the other day that there were two people that were praying for different numbers and they were both part of the 500 praying for people and they were each praying for each other. The, name, the numbers were exactly, I mean, just God's at work. So if you've not done this, grab a number between 229 and 500, no, 230 and 500 and start praying. And I have been praying for 250 uh, for a while now, so I'm looking forward to that. We had 62 teams go out uh, with global teams virtual and sent with 1,166 participants on a global team. So over 1,000 people went on a global team. We started our Chaska campus, and uh, yeah, and on Christmas weekend, they had 467 people. Isn't that exciting? That campus didn't even exist, and now they had 467 on Christmas weekend. Uh, we had our extra services with all of our campuses, and uh, I just want you to know that some of them tried them and actually stopped them. That happens. Others are trying them and continuing to grow. I'm getting reports from some of the campuses where they're like, hey, we did the extra service with Take Ground, and uh, we're seeing people starting to come to that new Saturday night service or, or the uh, new thing that they've done. And I do want to let you know the Apple Valley campus, uh, instead of starting a new service, decided to launch the Lakeville campus, knowing that they'd do that. And so we'll talk about that, all right? So yeah, just excited to see that. We bought land for Maple Grove, and we were approved to build on it, which if you've been paying attention in the Twin Cities, uh, getting approval to build is a hard thing to do for a church, but we were able to do that. And uh, we, I, I just am so excited about all the different things that God has allowed us to do. Another thing, we had a goal of $12 million for Kingdom Builders. It would be our largest uh, number ever, uh, $12 million house goal. And in the midst of this, we were just praying and praying and praying. And uh, I wanna let you know the final total here that we finished for the year. We didn't get to 12 million, but we did get our record year, 11,597,773 dollars. Yeah, yes, yes. I think they have a list. Do you have a list of the projects? Do you have a screen with that? We don't, here you go. All right, every one of these was funded. You see all those names and all those ministries, all those different things were funded from $5,000 to a million dollars with Convoy of Hope. And uh, what an incredible year that it was a record year. Record year. Over, almost a million more than last year. And if you're keeping score at home, you realize like we did the one day to feed the world. God told me to do that. It wasn't on the plan, but we just obeyed. And it really is almost the exact increase that we went up, almost exactly. And uh, what was a one-time deal will now be in this year as well. We will do the one day to feed the world. Um, our mission's goal was to be the first church in our fellowship. We fellowship with the Assemblies of God. We're, we're uh, an Assembly of God church. And we, there's 13,000 churches there. No one has ever been able to give $10 million to missions. And uh, this last year, we were the first church ever to go over $10 million. We gave $10,074,000 to missions. Yes. That's exciting. No one's ever done that before. And, and, and some of you are like, wait, we did 11 million and, and you know, we did 10 million for missions. There are certain things that we do through Kingdom Builders because it's global, local, and future Christian leaders that we don't count as missions. That it's, it's, it's something like building our buildings, like some of the campuses were doing that. That's not missions. 
So our kingdom builders amount year by year will most likely be higher than our missions number, but we are trying to be very true with how we count giving to missions. I'll show you how true we are to counting giving to missions. Um, that number that I shared with you, 10 million, 74,000, okay, that does not include our global teams, okay? A lot of churches also count that in their missions number, and they'll announce, like, we gave $500,000 in missions, and they'll count their missions trips, but if we were to add our missions trips in there, our, our missions uh, total would be 11680000 So we're trying to be very true, even though that was missions and even though it was giving credit, and even though we're just, we're just trying to say, what did we send to the missionaries that we support? But if you add up the missions money that we sent and the missions trips that we went on, 11680000 I think that deserves one more big hand clap. And thank you. I wanna say thank you for your heart for those here and all around the world who need hope, who need to know the love of Jesus. Uh, they need to know the forgiveness of a savior that loves them. And we are building his church. We're building his kingdom. That's what kingdom builders, it's building his kingdom, giving to missions. We are building his kingdom and saying, the whole world needs to know. Everyone deserves the right to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So thank you for just an incredible year. And uh, I wanna move forward into 2024. And our theme for this year is found in Acts 2.47. Acts 2.47, I'm gonna read it to you and keep going. I got a lot to cover. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So our theme for this year is found in that verse. And it's actually found in the location of that verse. And I'm just believing that our theme this year is 2.47 found in Acts 2.47. It's not 24.7, it's 2.47. And even when you see that hashtag 2.47, it's for this, because there's three words that I believe God is speaking over our church this year, and they're found in this text. These three words are praise, favor, and salvations. Praise, favor, and salvations. I believe this is a year of praise. I believe this is a year of favor. And I believe this is a year of salvations. And I wanted to say daily salvations, but I wanted three words, praise, favor, and daily salvations. I just believe this. And, and this verse, I wanna jump into it and then get into where we're going. It was after the cross, after Jesus has died on the cross, he's risen from the dead, he's ascended into heaven. And then he says, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So he's ascended. He said, power is coming. This verse, Acts 2.47, is after the Holy Spirit has been poured out on Pentecost. So you have the cross, you have an empty tomb, you have a fired up, powered, empowered church by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you have this verse. And you see this was, a church is saying, we're gonna continue praising God. We're gonna move forward in his favor and we are gonna see daily salvations every single day. And the church just exploded. And if I had time to read it to you in Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, it talks about this church. It talks about that they were a learning church because you, know, you can never stop learning about God. There's more to him than you could ever learn on this earth. 
Sometimes I get overwhelmed and I'm like, there's more books I wanna read. I can't read them all. How am I ever gonna? And I get overwhelmed and I'm like, how could I ever know God? I, I, God, I know him this much and I wanna know him more. And I, I, I could give my whole life to this and never do anything else. Like you can never stop learning. And the early church was learning. Their, their early church was a, was a together church. They were in fellowship. How many know that's a church word? Fellowship, you don't, you don't get done with your board meeting at your workplace and say, this is good fellowship. You don't do that, all right? <laughs> It was a praying church. I love that we're in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I love that. They were a church filled with awe. They were a church filled with signs and wonders. They were a caring church, taking care of needs. And they were a worshiping church and they were a joy-filled church. And then it says they had praise and they had favor and they had salvations. And I wanna go over these three words before I share our goals. The first word is praise. After the cross and after Pentecost, how many know Praise is the right response. Like praise is the right, it's like, what do you, have you ever had that moment where you don't know what to do and you're just kind of like, oh, what do I, what do I do? What do I say? What do I do? And you don't know, like after the cross, after the empty tomb, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, praise is the proper response. And that's what they did. And uh, man, I was thinking about this. I put it in my notes and I'm not sure we're this type of church, but I said, maybe you should take a praise break right now. Anybody ever been at a church where they do that? We're gonna take a praise break right now. And the band starts going. Some of you are all excited, all right. Maybe we'll do it later. C.S. Lewis said this, praise is inner health made audible. A healthy church is gonna be audible in their praise. And I'm always concerned when I go to a church where they don't wanna sing, where they don't wanna go for it, where they, it's like, do you understand what you have? Do you understand what Jesus has done? Do you, like, we should be praising God, no apology. Hey, this is a healthy church, and we are going to praise more than we've ever praised. See, when Jesus is the object of your praise, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. That's why you can read in the book of Acts that they're in the prison, what do they do? Like, we're praising. We're taking a praise break in prison. Like, seriously? It'd be, it's one thing to praise in the palace, but they are praising in the prison. It, it, you can praise when it's a good day. You can praise when it's a bad day. You can praise when you have some great news. You can praise when you have bad news. You can praise when you're overwhelmed. See, because Jesus is the object of your praise, you can praise all the time. And that's why they went and praised over and over and over. I'm just praying that uh, we will release more praise this year. Some of you need to step it up this year with praise being one of our words. And I just wanna say this, you're wondering like, why do we raise our hands? Some of you, that's new. And I, I was there when I went to a church like this, first time people were raising their hands and I was just like, I've never, never done that in church. And this, I, don't, I kinda like it, but I'm kinda scared. You know, I was kinda like, I just didn't know. And then I was like, okay, I'm good with them raising their hands and I'll just watch. And how many know I was there? And some of you come and I know you have a coffee just so you don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> Put the coffee down. This is the year for you to put the coffee down. Praise the Lord, raise your hands. This is the year, this is the year. I'm serious. Some of us, it's, 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 we do it all the time, but for others, that's just like scary. You're just like, oh, no, seriously, there's an intimacy, but I don't wanna spend too much, but seriously, we're gonna, this is gonna be a year of praising and, and unexpressed, unexpressed praise needs to come out. Some of you have a level of praise that you need to give to God and you've not done it. You want to, 
but you need to. You need to praise God and it needs to come out. And I'm gonna date myself on this illustration, but years ago, there was a movie called Sister Act. All right? Uh, some of you saw it, all right. Maybe you're older than I thought you are, all right. Or it's a good movie, but this lady is running from the mob and she joins a convent and she becomes a choir director. And uh, as she's doing this, there's a sister, I believe her name was Sister Mary Robert. She's just like really shy. And she's like, you know, she's singing like, and Whoopi Goldberg, who's the one that's running from the mob, just goes over and goes, hey, no, come on, let's sing this, let's sing this. Shut your eyes and start singing. She pushes on her diaphragm and all of a sudden this girl goes, oh, you know, just like, like belts it out, you know? All right, seriously, we're gonna have our ushers come through the aisle and if you're not praising, <laughs> we're just gonna like, If that doesn't work, we're gonna put shockers in your chair, I don't know. Come on, unexpressed praise has gotta come out. It's gotta come up. Matter of fact, I'm gonna do it. Let's all stand here at all the locations. Come on, let's give God, come on. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. This is a healthy church. This is a healthy church. It's gotta come out. It's gotta come out. Praise God, I got more to preach. You can be seated. Ah. If we don't do it, Jesus said in Luke 19, 40, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Seriously, we're not gonna let any stone cry out. We're gonna cry out our praise. Praise is the proper response. That's our word for this year. The second word is favor, favor. Now it's a Greek word, charis, unmerited favor. And it, it, it means grace. And it, it's really favor with all the people. I want you to understand this. When you say yes to Jesus, you now have favor with God. You have favor, you've been forgiven. You have vertical favor. But this verse talks about horizontal favor, that you have favor with the people around you, and I'm believing for favor. Now, I gotta tell you, even when I read this passage and I felt this jump out to me, like this is our theme, I was kind of like, wow, Lord, it's kind of a hostile year for favor. You know, I'm looking, I like favor with you. I got that one. And he's like, no, you will have favor with man. And I don't know how this is gonna materialize, but I believe God wants us to have favor with man. And I believe that there are enemies that are gonna give us favor. I believe that there are antagonists that are gonna give us favor. I believe that there are people that wouldn't listen to the message that will now give us favor. I don't know how it's gonna work its way out, but I believe this, that it is a year of favor. Now I understand this too. Favor comes in like a wave, and how many know favor can leave like a wave? The early church experienced favor here, but a few chapters later, how many know they're not experiencing this horizontal favor anymore? Okay, but I'm believing that this is a wave year that things that didn't break our way are going to break our way. I just don't know exactly how it's gonna be, but I believe we're gonna have favor with God and with man. I believe that this is gonna be a dual threat favor. You know what I'm saying? Some of you that are into sports, you know, like a quarterback, if he runs and passes, he's considered a dual threat because he can both ways. Well, I'm gonna tell you this right now, you are going to be a dual threat favor person. Jesus had dual threat favor. If you know, in Luke 2:52 it says, and Jesus grew, grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. 
We're gonna have favor this year. And I believe Proverbs 16, seven says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Some of you are gonna have a favor of reconciliation this year. You're gonna come to peace. I just believe that. And some of you are grabbing that right now and you're saying, this is for me. Favor is ours this year in Jesus' name. I believe, see, we've been doing all this good with kingdom builders. I mean, going around the world and doing all this and in our local communities, uh, just so much money going to the local community charities and different things. And I believe this, that, that this, the good that we have done for others will return and become good from others. And we didn't do it for that reason. We did it to glorify God, but God's like, that brought me favor. Are you favor with me? And now watch this. I'm gonna give you favor this way as well this year. I believe that. The third one is salvations. God's desire is for more. He does. He desires for everyone to be saved. He says that. He wants us to be saved. He's, he's giving this. He, he made the price. He paid the price. There were 120 in the upper room when the spirit of of, of the Holy Spirit is poured out on Pentecost, boom, 3,000 are added to the church. In Acts 4, verse five, it says, but many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Now we're at 5,000 men plus women and children coming in. The, the, it was growing. There was salvation. It was going on. In Acts 21, verse 20, as we're getting on further into the birth of the early church, as they're living out Acts 2, 47, it says this, and when they heard it, they glorified God and they said to him, you see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of us who have believed. They are all zealous for the law. It went from 120 to 3,000 to 5,000 men plus women and children. And then Luke is writing and he just says like, and now it's at many thousands, many thousands. And I used to pray for like a person to say yes to Jesus in a service, seriously. If you ever have the weight of giving a response, like an altar type, you're like, will anybody get, you're praying for one. And then we saw dozens, and then we've seen hundreds, and now we've seen thousands, and I'm believing God for many thousands of people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. See, we're, we're not content with going to heaven by ourselves. We're not content with just like, well, I'm in, that's good. No, we're a church that believes that we wanna go out and, and lead people into faith with Jesus Christ. J.C. Ryle said, the highest form of selfishness is that of the man who is content to go to heaven alone. This church is not a selfish church. This church has proven it generous with over 11.597 million for kingdom builders. And this is a generous church and I want you to be generous with the grace that has been given you, generous with the salvation that's been given you. You just can't be content to only make it in by yourself. You gotta share with your family, your friends, your coworkers, your classmates. You've gotta share with your neighbors. We all do. It, it, we just gotta get this out so there can be daily salvations. Now, I wanna take a moment and announce some of our goals and um, bear with me on some of these things. Um, I want us to add one location and add one campus. And I want to explain that it feels a little bit like, sometimes when I'm setting my goals for the year, I'll say like, I want to read this many books. And I'll know that I have like two books that are almost done and it's January 31st. And I, I'm going to start on chapter nine and there's only 11 chapters. How many know what I'm talking about? But they count in the new year, but not the old year, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. I didn't finish them last year, right? 
Well, it feels like this in adding one location and adding one campus, campus but I wanna be clear, um, that we are adding Vancouver and adding Lakeville, and I'm gonna explain the difference between a location and a campus as we move forward. So Vancouver is considered a location along with Eswatini. They really now are considered locations. And what we have with the rest of our um, church locations really are campuses. So, uh, and let me explain the difference. Uh, same shared leadership, same values, same vision. But when it comes to a location, the ownership is different because this one is in Canada specifically. This has helped us to figure this out. And in Canada, there has to be a separate charity or nonprofit that'll operate River Valley in Canada, all right? So it's a separate location. The ownership is in Canada, not here. And by the way, let me explain this too about ownership. We own River Valley and we're stewards of it because really God does own it. Rob and Becca Ketterling don't own anything. The other day, um, Justin Mack was talking to William, his son, and he just said, he said, Dad, you know who's really rich? And he goes, Who, who's really rich? And he goes, Pastor Rob. <laughs> and he goes, why is Pastor Rob rich? He goes, he owns all the locations. <laughs> no, I don't, okay? I don't own the locations. <laughs> don't own them, all right? Don't own. We, we do, all right? But when it comes to our church, like uh, we, the campuses are under one uh, nonprofit, under one church covering, and then the locations are on their own. And so that would make Eswatini, because of the government there, a location. A loca but again, shared vision, shared leadership, best practices. We're all doing this together. The difference would be also as well that um, the Vancouver location is allowed to do hiring and budgeting, and it's a blend of video and live teaching, a greater blend that we, than what we already do. So we're gonna start one location, and uh, it officially started last weekend. And it's kind of like that book that had one last chapter ready to go. But Vancouver is started in this year and officially became River Valley last year. And I believe that this is gonna open the door to many locations. We've already been receiving calls. Like people are like, we didn't know you're in Canada. Like, uh, how do you feel about Calgary? And I'm like, we feel pretty good, eh? You know, I mean, we're like, we're, we're good, you know? So we're trying to figure this out. And then for our uh, campus, uh, the Lakeville campus is launching February 11th. And so I wanna give praise for that because again, that's in the works. So those two things are like, one has already just happened like, and then one is about to, but it's happening in this year. And by the way, people are like, how many more campuses? Let me tell you, with Take Ground last year, it's good that we're doing these two and I wanna fill what we have. I wanna fill what we have over and over and over again, all right? Now, salvations, this one is a, a big number, especially knowing that we are under 5,000 this year. I took the number of campuses that we have, included our online campus, because I really count that. And by the way, online, it counts as a campus. There are people that are spread around the world that we are your church, and we thank God for that, that you are a, another uh, campus. And I took our two locations, Eswatini and Vancouver. So I took 14, I multiplied by 365, all right? And then I decided this, I would like to see that number happen inside the church and outside the church. And I'll get there. It's 10,220 salvations is our goal this year. Now I believe half of those need to happen inside of the church and the other half have to happen outside the church. Now this will be a big change. 
When I read Acts 2.47, it wasn't like, and they all brought them to church and everybody got saved. You know what happened? They all became evangelists. They all did the work of an evangelist. They weren't supported financially like an evangelist, but they took it on and they said, you know what? Jesus has been too good for me and to me that like, I just can't not talk about this. And I, I kind of even could feel like a tinge of like, oh my, oh my, but you know what? I think it's time for the church to go outside the walls and believe for more conversions and salvations outside the wall as well as inside these walls. I really believe that. I believe that God can help you to lead people to faith in the boardroom and on the basketball court. I believe that he can help you to lead people to faith in him in a Bible study in your neighborhood. I believe that we have to have more courage and more boldness to open up our mouth and to say, hey, it, I, I just have to share this with you. Jesus Christ has forgiven me of my sins. And I'm, I'm wondering, is that something that you could wanna do today? I remember leading people to uh, the Lord in restaurants. I felt like I've kind of fallen off this a little bit and I'm looking for the next place that I can lead someone to faith in Jesus Christ at a restaurant and outside these walls. And it, it's outside of, of what we've done. I believe this, our inviting slowed down from COVID. I really do. There was a, a complacency and a contentment and our inviting slowed down and our speaking up is slowing down because we're afraid of a woke culture and a cancel culture. And I believe that the Acts church was like, guess what? We've just, we understand what Jesus did on the cross. We understand the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got a new power and a new boldness. And so we're gonna open up our mouth and I'm praying for a greater power and boldness. Matter of fact, I'm gonna pause right now and pray for that right now. God, I pray for a greater power and boldness to open up our mouths. I pray instead of us being afraid of this, we would lean into this. Lord, I'm praying for over 10,000 salvations and I believe half can come inside these walls and half outside these walls. And I'm believing God that we will become evangelists. We will not be quiet. We will not let a, a cancel culture or a woke culture or fear keep us from speaking. I know that even in the book of Acts, they threatened them with being beaten again and they said, we're not gonna be quiet. And so God, I pray that we'd open up our mouths and you'd equip us and strengthen us to be able to share our faith all around the world. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen, amen. I'm believing for boldness, all right? Now, um, I wanna share this about water baptism. I shared it already. We wanna give you permission, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, to water baptize someone you lead to faith in Christ. Whether it's your child, whether it's your friend, your neighbor, the people in your small group that you, you led to the Lord or whatever, we want you to be able to water baptize them. So we're gonna work with the pastors to be able to do that. That's something new that we've not done, but I think there's something special about the person you lead to faith that you get to water baptize. Some are like, can we do that? You can do that, it's okay. It's okay, that's perfectly authorized, all right? Another thing that I wanna let you know is I want us to break 12 million this year for Kingdom Builders. That's our goal again, we're gonna break it. We tried to break 5 million three years in a row and we went like four, six, or four, five, four, six, four, eight. And then I said, forget five, we're too close. Let's break, you know, six million and we went there. But I believe that God wants us to break 12 million and to go for it again. I also believe that God wants us to hold the gains with $10 million for uh, missions again. And then uh, I'm looking forward to this. I want us to celebrate and have like a holy moment 
when we get to 250 of the missionaries. We're at 229. You know, I think 250, we've got to do like a, whenever that happens, I don't know what weekend that is, but we're going to have a special weekend of giving praise to God and giving glory to God. The 250 people from our congregation have said, yes, it's the halfway point. And I don't know if it's a rededicate day or whatever, but we'll figure it out. And I believe that's gonna happen this year as we do at least 40 or more people of the 500. Our small groups need to get over 5,000. We've not been able to break that number. And 5,000, I mean 5,000 different people that are a part of it. If you add up all of our semesters, it goes over that, but I'm saying 5,000 unique individuals. So that needs to be the number, which means we need over 500 more people to be part of small groups. That's you, it's for you. It's something about growing the church. And then um, the last thing I'll say on the vision, and then I have one more thing to say. Um, we're gonna do pop-up praise nights. I was talking to Pastor Ryan about this. We're gonna do pop-up praise nights. If praise and favor and salvations, those are our three words, we need to do more praise. And so we're gonna have pop-up praise nights. And as we were brainstorming this, um, we literally said the location will change, the style will change. And some of you are gonna get really excited about this. Like I could see uh, an acoustic night of praise. We're just like, hey, it, yep, see, I knew. Just wait, somebody's gonna get really excited. A hymn night of praise, only hymns. Seven people, all right, maybe. We'll, uh, I thought it'd be cool to do like a candlelit night of praise. like. People do candlelit Christmas Eve, like candlelit praise, let's do that. We're gonna have different pop-up praise. Maybe a special guest or two will be coming in and we'll announce to the church and they will lead us in worship. But it's gotta be pop-up praise this year in the vision. Now, lastly, as I close, I know I said it's not 24 seven, but I wanna let you know that I believe it's 247, 24 seven, 365. When I looked at the way the church grew in the book of Acts, they didn't say church was a weekend deal. My faith is a weekend deal. It was 24-7, 365. And so I'm saying we're gonna live praise, favor, and salvations 24-7, 365. I learned during the COVID shutdown, like they said, what's essential, what's not essential? Hey, church is essential services. Church is staying open. Jesus said this, he said, my father's always working, so I keep working. That's why I heal on the Sabbath. Like it's 24-7, 365. And so I'm believing this and want to add this to the theme for the year, 247, 24-7, 365. 247, praise, favor, salvation, 24-7, 365. So Lord, I'm praying that we would see praise, favor, and salvations in your name. I'm praying that this vision would resonate. This would be the first time that we have a, a number as our theme, but it's 247, 24-7, 365, for your glory and for your honor. We desire to build your church. We believe for this. We're asking for this. Praise, favor, and salvations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.